0: Good morning. Uh, Please turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 9, verses 7 through 11. This will be our passage uh, to prepare us for our time of confession. Proverbs 9, 7 through 11. It says, He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself, and he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. This is God's word. Amen. Well, I have a very straightforward question for each of us Uh, this morning. uh, I want all of us to ask this question in light of our passage, and the question is this. Are you a correctable person? You can answer that question by thinking about what people experience when they correct you. Uh, Do they like to do that? All of us probably don't like to, necessarily, Do they have a very bad experience when they correct you? Does it not go well for them when they correct you? That would be a sign that you're not very correctable if people have a very bad experience bringing anything to your attention about you. However, if you're a correctable person, then you should be like what James chapter 3 verse 17 describes. I think this is a a description of the kind of person that can receive correction. It says in James 3.17, The wisdom that is from above is for first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So this would be a correctable person. They invite you to speak to them. They are full of mercy. They are willing to yield. They're willing to hear a different perspective about the matter. They're willing to face the facts about themselves because they're not hypocrites, as it says. There's without hypocrisy. So they're willing to deal with the reality of who they are. This is what it would look like to be a a correctable person. Now, I hope that all of us want to be correctable. Is that something that you... Uh, desire is to be more correctable. People could more easily bring things to your attention that might be hard, but you would take it. You'd receive it well. Well, I think there are two foundational truths that we need to keep in mind to help us embrace correction. They are two foundational gospel truths, Uh, truths that the gospel reveals to us. The, The first truth is this it's about you. The first truth is about you. Because I am a sinner, there are things that are messed up about me. And I need to be fixed. I need to be mended. I need redemption and transformation. So that's the first truth about me. The gospel reveals that I need fixing. So that should immediately set us up for, hey, correction, that's good. I need correction. I need mending. I need redirecting. Okay, so the second uh, Truth that we need to keep in mind that the gospel reveals is that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. He came to fix that which is broken in us. He came to mend what sin has twisted in you. He came to correct that which is wrong about you. So if we have these foundational truths in mind, I have things that are messed up about me, and Jesus Christ came to fix what is messed up about me, how does correction from other people fit into those two truths? Well, I think it fits in 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 that Jesus Christ uses his body, the people of God, our family members, to bring correction to us. It is the one of the means by which he brings things to our attention so that his redemption can then work in that regard. Our Lord Jesus brings redemption to us and he often uses other people in our lives who know us to point us, to, to point out things about us, and then they hopefully they also point to the mercy of God and Christ. Sometimes that doesn't happen, but that's really important when you're Correcting other people is to remind them that that's why Jesus came, is to fix things that are wrong with us. And so when somebody brings you correction, uh, you need to be thinking, they've just identified something that Jesus can redeem about me. And they may not say it that way, they may not say, I think there's something about you that Jesus needs to redeem, although that, that'd be good to say, you could say it that way if you want, and then you could share what the specific is. But it sometimes comes in other ways. I mean, imagine a conversation with your child, and, and they say, Dad, or, or Mom, when you said those words to me, my, my feelings were very hurt, and it seemed that you were very angry with me, what it seemed like to me. Now what your son or daughter might be revealing about you is this. They might be revealing in that one comment that you are not as gentle and patient and kind as you should be in your parenting of them. You you may not be. You may need redemption from your patterns of getting frustrated and getting short with your words and becoming impatient with your children as you parent them. That, That may be what that comment reveals. It's not even perhaps coming in the form of direct correction. Your child's not coming to you and saying, repent, Dad, you did this wrong. Of course, there is a proper way for children to honor and honor, uh, bring things to their parents' attention. Now, when that moment happens, when you have that comment before you that reveals something about you, you can do one of two things. You could justify how you reacted if it's a true observation they're bringing to your attention, you could justify it, and then you could miss the opportunity to gain wisdom from that opportunity. You could just miss it. Or you could say, you son, daughter, you're right. I was not walking in the spirit. I, I did not show gentleness. I did not show patience. Will you forgive me for how I handled that? Husbands and wives, can you approach one another with a concern or with a correction without there being a massive explosion or resistance or the cold shoulder? Can, can we do that? Can we bring something, something potentially difficult or hard, without there being any of those unhelpful reactions? Well, to the degree that we, we have to say, no, we don't do very well, then what it reveals is that we need the grace of humility in greater measure so that we can actually speak to one another in honesty and sincerity and in love and receive from one another. Children, the same question applies to you as well. What do your parents experience when they correct you? Does it it not go well for your parents because you're just very resistant to what they have to say to you? You may be missing those opportunities to grow in wisdom and to grow in love and to be transformed by what the Lord has for you. The Lord has good things for you through correction. He has good things for all of us through correction. Now what does verse 8 and 9 say about the wise man? Note that the, the definition of the wise man is that if you correct him, he loves you more after you correct him. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. So wise people love correction, and they love you when you correct them. That's what it's, it's saying. That's an that's a amazing standard to consider. And so, brothers and sisters, I trust that we do not want to remain immature. I trust that we want to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. I trust that we want to be transformed. Well, then, God has given this means to help us to grow. Now, I want to give us one final observation before we confess our sins. Verses 10 through 11, what does the passage connect correction to? It connects it to the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. Now what the placement of this verse tells us in connection with the rest of the passage is that the God-fearing man or woman is the one who is wise and receives correction. I think that's the connection that is being drawn for us. The one who fears the Lord is walking in that fear of God, knows that God brings these things to our attention through correction, and thus receives it, and receives it hopefully joyfully. So brothers and sisters, as we confess our sins this morning, we We may be thinking about ways in which we have been uh, corrected uh, this week, and that is is helpful for us as we come to a time of confession. Uh, But I remind us that as we do this, we come to the throne of grace. We come through the name of Jesus Christ, our great high priest, who has made a perfect redemption for us. And so we come with great hope that in whatever ways we need fixing, Jesus Christ can fix us. So I invite us now together to uh, enter this time of confession, so please uh, kneel in humility with me, and we will seek uh, the mercy of our God as we confess. We'll say the words of the bulletin prayer together. O Almighty God, merciful Father, we confess to you our sins and iniquities with which we have offended you. We justly deserve your punishment now and forever. We are heartily sorry for our sins and sincerely repent of them. In light of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, (coughs) you be gracious to us. Forgive us all our sins and grant us the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may genuinely amend our sinful life and earnestly persevere in doing your will. Lord, be gracious to us. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. Now we take a moment to confess our own sins to the Lord.